This is The Dugout. Weekly interviews with Mariners manager Scott Service. Brought to you by Pizza Hut and by Mazda of Everett. Inside access to the clubhouse from Shannon Dreyer. Every Tuesday at 1 with Bumpin' Stacy on Seattle Sports Station. The home of the Mariners. This is The Dugout on Seattle Sports Station with Michael Bumpus, Shannon Dreyer, and Stacy Rost. We get things started every single Tuesday at 1 with Scott Service. The Skip joins us now for the Scott Service Show, presented by Pizza Hut with support from Mazda of Everest. Skip, how's it going? You're doing great. How are you guys today? Uh, we're great. Um, there's plenty I want to talk about, but Scott, you know where I'm going to start the conversation. I'm- yeah, I just, had lo- I just had lunch with Tucker. I just had lunch with Tucker. <laughs> I'm so jealous, Scott. <laughs> Please tell us about Tucker, how this happened. Uh, Tucker's doing great. Uh, he's adapting well to our team and uh, the surroundings here at T-Mobile Park, but uh, a lot of uh, planning and work went into this. Uh, people did a great job behind the scenes to make it happen, and our players and everybody's really excited about it. Is there someone that you've seen that Tucker has really taken to other than yourself in that clubhouse? Why do I feel like this is about you, Shannon? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. <laughs> oh, I think that the guys, uh, J.P. Crawford, anybody knows J.P. away from the ballpark, he's a big-time dog lover. Uh, Eric Swanson, Robbie Ray, um, you know, even Logan Gilbert has warmed up to Tucker. So uh, uh, I think everybody's uh, had a hand in it at some point or another, and you know, it's a lot. You can be overwhelming. This many people running around. There's a lot of activity, but uh, he's been calmed down here the last few days. He's he seems very comfortable. Hey Scott, I got a non-baseball question for you. What's the golf game looking like this time of year? Are you swinging them? You get out there at all? Oh, it's funny you should ask. Yeah, I get to play once in a while. I only play on off days, but uh, I think I've got an opportunity to play in the uh, the pro am over at Snoqualmie here on Thursday. We have an off day before we fly to Texas that evening, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's a great course, and uh, the weather will be great. And it's it'll be fun. All right. Well, we've had some fun questions. Those are my favorite questions, but I got to start by asking uh, the latest on Julio, Scott. Yeah, good question. I think, you know, we're all uh, optimistic that he could get back on the 10 days and the 10th day or 11th day, I guess, where the first day he's eligible would be tomorrow. Um, after swinging the bat yesterday, he still felt it a little bit. He still feels much better than he originally did. But with the off day coming up after the Wednesday day game, um, we think it's probably best to, to not try to rush him back in there tomorrow. So um, we'll see how he does today as he goes through a full workout and swinging the bat and whatnot. But uh, need to be smart with this thing. We want Julio back in the worst way. I think everybody does, but also want him to be back at a, at a point where he can go out and compete and feel good about where he's at, you know, with both those risks, you know, where he got hit and then he had the issue coming out of the all-star break. So, um, hopefully uh, we can get him back you know, once the road trip starts over in Texas. Scott, it's funny. Whenever there's a player that's due back and there's an off day after the day that he's due back, you can almost write that little automatic arrow that goes through two days into the next one. And I know you were hopeful because you uh, a couple of days ago mentioned, but there is a lefty on the hill on Wednesday. How tough is it to kind of really balance that? It is. And, you know, looking ahead and what I do is trying to figure out lineups and when Certain guys are going to get days off and, you know, what the best matchup and giving us the best opportunity to to win the ball game. Certainly wanted to get Julio back, but, you know, we got to do the right thing here, the smart thing. Uh, we've got a lot of important games ahead of us uh, yet to go and, and want him back and, and at close as we can get him to full strength. I don't think anybody this time of year is going to be at 100%, but uh, give him an extra day probably is the most, most logical uh, decision to come up with. 
Scott, being a, a former catcher yourself, what roles, what role do you play when it comes to helping develop uh, young pitchers in your organization? Well, I think, you know, uh, a big part of my career as a player, obviously behind the plate, was my ability to develop relationships with pitchers and get to understand those guys and then, you know, what plays, how to uh, help develop their stuff. So, you know, I get a little bit involved, but I have to give all the credit to our pitching coaches. Our guys are fantastic. Uh, their ability to communicate, to message to our players, to get our players to buy in on adjustments they want them to make. And our pitching coaches, both Pete Woodworth and Trent Blake, do a great job of working with our, our analytical group as well. So it's a nice little pitching team is what we have. And uh, I've learned a lot from all those people. And along the way, I think I've thrown in my two cents. So you know, the experiences I've had in the game and the pitchers I've been around with. So uh, I think we make up a good team in helping our pitchers along the way. And, you know, it's, it's fun to see our young guys develop, George and Logan and, and some of the, and, you know, what Matt Brash is starting to do, uh, Andres Munoz. It's been pretty exciting from our young pitching standpoint. Along those lines, particularly with Gilbert, who has a little bit more experience, and now Kirby, what are they going through as they hit, you know, their innings totals from past years and, and are so young in their career? What is this time of the year like for them? Oh, it, it, it's a challenge. There's no question about it. I do think that um, knowing the, the the mental makeup of both George and Logan so well, uh, I, I think we're making a little bit too big a deal out of it, me personally. And again, everybody wants things to talk about, but uh, these guys are very mentally strong. I don't see their stuff backing off at this point at all. I thought Logan was as sharp last night in the first inning as we've seen him. You know, he's just inches away from getting a call strike three a couple times. The fastball's coming out 98 miles an hour. You know, he his stuff looks crisp. Keep in mind, he's facing probably one of the best offensive teams in the league. You know, they hit the riding four-seam fastball at 97, 98. They're really good at it, you know, and, and they hit a couple last night. So, uh, you know, he and George certainly, you know, they're, they're, I, I mentioned earlier, nobody's at 100% this time of year. But I don't – it's not just them. And we've got some veteran guys, too, that, uh, you know, the tank's getting a little bit empty. It happens to everybody. Um, so – I'm not as worried uh, about those maybe as some others are, but it is something that we're keeping close watch on. That I feel good about where they're at. I really do. Logan made some pretty big changes to his secondary pitches in the off season. I'm kind of wondering what you're seeing from those and what uh, the evolution of, of those pitches have been since he got into games this year. Where are they right now? I think they're in a really good spot. Uh, the shape of his pitch, pitches, the consistency of them, I think that the biggest issue, there are some games where Logan doesn't, I shouldn't even say games. There's inning to inning where he struggles a little bit command-wise, you know, getting that slider in the zone. Uh, when Logan's got the curveball and George, when they have their curveball going, I just think they're on top of their game because it really allows their fastball to play well off of that, and it tunnels very well off of it. So, again, they're young. Uh, they're human. Every curveball they throw isn't going to be in the perfect spot. It's not going to be located just where they want it. Uh, but when they're on, the stuff's as good as anybody in the league. It's a really bright future we've got with those guys. Scott, you got a few players that are about to be activated here pretty soon, hopefully. Julio, Dylan Moore, Castillo, Tramiel, Boyd. What's the process like in trying to get them back into the lineup and figuring out where they stand with this team as far as um, just playing time? Yeah, good good question. Uh, you know, I think the first one probably coming back here was going to be Dylan Moore. Uh, we've missed Dylan Moore. Um, his ability to move all over the field and and really from my standpoint, to give J.P. Crawford uh, a needed day off. Uh, J.P., of all of our guys right now, he's banged up right now. He doesn't feel anywhere close to 100%. But we really are, are a little bit thin at the shortstop position behind him right now. So 
Uh, getting Demo in there will be welcome. We can give JP a break, kind of let him catch his breath a little bit, and then you know sliding him around the field after that. I think you know, the other guys are getting Diego Castillo back hopefully tomorrow as well. Um, only adds to our bullpen. He feels really good. Um, the 15 days has been uh, really, I think, energized him and, and get a little bit more uh, energize his batteries, so to speak. So he should be good to go and help us there. And then, you know, at some point here, on, like I said, on the road trip, get Julio back in play as well. So when these guys come back in, you know, well, we're ready to go. We want to fire them out there, let them play, let them get their timing, and, and let it eat. We've only we're getting to the point here. We got 40, 50 games left to go. Um, you know, we got all hands on deck. We got to do whatever we can. Um, to get the most out of these guys and, and keep them going here down the stretch. Skip, obviously you guys already got Mitch Hanniger back, which is a good thing, and he looked good yesterday, but is there something off the field that he brings back to the dugout? What are you excited to have back in terms of just him being around those guys? Well, Mitch, Mitch has got a ton of experience, and, you know, he's got a he's a, he's a pro. Um, I just, you know, the, the conversations he has, how he looks at his at-bats, how he's looking at the opposing pitcher, I think all of our guys benefit from that. So anytime you can you can add guys with experience in your lineup um, that are talking the game, and, and it's, it's it's super valuable. And Mitch is swinging the bat great. Uh, his timing is really good. He looks good in the outfield. Uh, he'll be in the DH spot tonight. As I mentioned, uh, we're not going to play him you know, in the outfield every day. There'll be some DH days worked in there. So uh, he looks great, and we're really happy to have him back. I think everybody is looking forward to the matchup on the mound tonight, and it's a rematch of what we saw at, at Yankee Stadium. I'm curious. Uh, I know that something that we were all kind of looking at after that game is uh, Garrett Cole had an incredible interview after that game and really broke down what he was seeing from the Mariners, what they perhaps were seeing from him. Did you happen to watch that? Oh, yeah. I saw it before you did. <laughs> what did you learn probably... from something like that? That was just amazing, I thought. Very thorough. It was very revealing. I think that's the best way to put it, and I think we have a better idea on what he's going to do tonight. So uh, we'll see. You know, he will make adjustments. There's no questions about it. Uh, we jumped on him in the first inning, and it's always important, if you can, to get to the big-time starting pitchers in the first inning. Once they settle in and they get multiple pitches working and their timing is there, they're really tough. So uh, hopefully we can jump on him early tonight. It's really hard to hit three home runs against Garrett Cole in the same inning. We did it. Uh, but we need to stay on him tonight. and understand that he will make adjustments. He is going to pitch us a little bit differently, and he was very open about that you know, in that post-game interview. Scott, uh, Castillo's going to see the Yankees for the third time in five starts. What's it like for a, a pitcher going up against these guys um, so frequently? It, it has its challenges. The one thing with uh, Luis Castillo, that he is so different than most of the pitchers in the league, just based on uh, how his ball moves, uh, the slot that his ball comes out of, his arm slot, um, it, the mixture of pitches. Um, he, he has done a great job against the Yankees. Um, the Yankees are a really good high fastball hitting team. Uh, Luis can sink the ball down. He can run it up high. Uh, the slider's got some sweep to it, and he's got an outstanding changeup. So he's really got weapons to, to kind of stifle their offense. And as long as he's getting in the strike zone and controlling counts, uh, we're going to have to play good defense behind him tonight. Uh, that'll be key. They're going to hit a lot of balls on the ground, and the left side of our infield is going to get a lot of action. So we got to make the plays to help them out. What have you learned about Louis off the field? Uh, pretty quiet, laid-back demeanor. Um, he does like uh, you know hanging with the teammates, and he's finding his way. Anytime you get traded or moved on, you know from your regular you know, the team you came up with or you've spent the majority of your career with, there is a little bit of an adjustment period. But you know he does know Gino and Wink and, and a few guys. Uh, you know, he's played with before. So that certainly helps. But uh, he likes Seattle. 
Um, he really likes the look of our ballpark compared to the ballpark he used to pitch in. So hopefully he can take advantage <laughs> of that. Our, our ballpark's much more pitcher friendly, and, and he's well aware of it. All right, last question here. It's uh, just a quick injury one, but I um, forgot to check in on how Jesse's feeling. I'm sorry, who? Jesse Wink. Yeah, Jesse yes. Wink. Uh, yeah, I didn't even call him Jesse. It's just Wink. Oh, just Wink. Sorry. But, I mean, I'm very in the know. Wink is what I meant to say, Skip. Wink. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had a, a back spasms last night. Um, tried to get him on some muscle relaxers. We'll see how he comes in today. I do not have him in the lineup today. Uh, hopefully just, just one day out. He's going to be okay. But we'll know more here in the next couple hours once he gets in the training room and starts moving around a little bit. All right. Sounds good. He is the Skipper Scott Service. Joins us every single Tuesday at 1 p.m. for the Scott Service Show. Skip, thanks as always for taking the time. We appreciate it. Good luck tonight. And uh, give Tucker our best. Will do. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks so much. That was the Scott Service Show presented by Pizza Hut with support from Mazda of Everett. Let's talk about the two big injury takeaways from this one. Uh, Shannon Drea remaining with us. Michael Bumpus, obviously, uh, with me already here. Julio not expected to be ready by Wednesday, the first day he would be eligible to return. Team playing it safe with him. Uh, Jesse Winker continuing to deal with back spasms. Left out of the lineup, though that sounds a little more short-term. Hoping to just give him some extra rest. So let's start with Julio. Shannon, are you at all surprised and how worried should fans be not at all once i saw that off day next to the day he was eligible to come back that was almost a no-brainer that that is what they were going to do because that is what they do an extra 48 hours can make a huge difference with these kinds of injuries yeah i'm all for it i mean take your time with julio yeah i mean especially get through this series again they went down to the Bronx and won that series, right? So we get high expectations. We're like, okay, let, let's do it again. I think we have to realize that the Yankees are the Yankees. Got a big payroll. We got Aaron Judge, all these guys over there. Um, if Julio feels anything in that hand, uh, you don't even risk it. So I'm okay. Just get through this series. Sit him down. Yeah, but Bump, how are you feeling about a series against the Yankees without Jesse Winker and Julio? I'm not feeling good about it. <laughs> You know, going in any series with the Yankees, you're you're on Just edge. Just one one without without <laughs> Julio. So I think you know that they're kind of on equal footing. Although you know the Yankees did not have Aaron Judge in the last game, did not have Anthony Rizzo yesterday. Might mm-hmm. not have him tonight. We'll see what happens there. One thing that I would keep an eye on, and if you're looking for concern here, is he did mention the other wrist too, mm. uh, the one that he hit her before the All Star break. So I found that a little bit interesting. That that is that came the first up. time you'd heard that? Because Shannon, you're at these post game no. pressers, pre game pressers. Um, no, not really. And I think that um, in general, because of the nature of what that was, more time is good for that. Yeah. Kind of the question that I should ask is when he was feeling the vibration mm-hmm. on the bat, which hand was it? Because he's dealing with a bruise, the latest. That was a bruise on that wrist. And then the other was kind of more of the jammed wrist, which yeah. is a little bit different. I don't like the sound of this, you guys. I have to be really honest. Uh, the good news, not that Jesse Winker is out of the lineup, but that he should be back soon. He's is, Shannon, I'll start with you for this one, and then and then uh, Bump, I'll go to you for a little more on Jesse Winker and just the power this lineup could use. But um, it's it's been good to see Jesse Winker at times find a way to turn it around. Are you feeling that that's a pattern that's sticking? Are you concerned about the back spasms and the lingering back issues? How are you feeling about how his season is heading into the final two months? For the first time, I started to feel that it might be real, and then he had the back spasms. So I'm disappointed to see that. I'm not saying it was. I'm not sure. Um, It hasn't even really been roller coaster. I think the first two months were just flat out bad. And then you kind of see signs of hope here and there. And then they kind of faded away. But I think what we saw in the last 10 days last week, I think was starting to look, okay, well, this this might really be it. So hopefully this does not keep him out too long. Bump, if it's not going to be Jesse, it's not going to be Julio. Who are you looking at tonight saying, hey, man, power's got to come from you? Gino. 
Come on, Gino. <laughs> Swing for the fences. You do it every time you're at bat anyway. Let's just keep the good <laughs> time rolling, man. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking at Gino and to go off what Shannon said, I I felt the same with Winker. Like I I haven't been able to completely buy in to what he's doing because it'll flash and then it'll disappear. Like it took me forever to to buy into Julio because I'm like, he's a rookie. Yeah. All right, something's going to happen. Yep. But um but he did it so consistently that you have no cho- no choice to. It's in there. I mean Winker was a starter in the All Star game last year. It's definitely there, but when you have something set you back like a back spasm, it makes you reevaluate again and say, All right, you gotta prove it. Watch what he does on the fastball. You know, that is what he is strangely. No, Winker, that is what he has struggled with for a good part of this year. And when he is now squaring up the fastball, then you know he's on the right track. All right. What's Note he been self. struggling with with the fastball, just not squaring it up? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, man. It's been, it's been weird to watch his season because I'm with you. There are times when I've thought I've hesitated to buy in when there's a turnaround. But then you know, like, this, is, this guy is an all-star caliber player. I know that he can do this. And is it a lingering back issue? Is it something else that's been happening? Is it a different park? And you're wondering if it's all these factors. And uh, I, I'm i with you in that you'd started to feel like there was something that clicked, whether it was feeling a sense of ownership with the team, whether it was, um, you know, feeling comfortable. I don't know what it was, just seeing things differently. Um is there anyone else uh, that you would caution people to not be too worried about? I know Cal's slowing down a bit. Logan Gilbert struggled. Well, I think kind of the key right now, and, and Michael, I'm kind of with you. Bombs are good. We like to see them. But the problem right now is that's all they're doing, and they yeah. need to get back. When you were talking about that 14-game winning streak, they were getting guys on and getting them in, not early in that streak, but as that streak got going. And now it's, I think, a little bit too much home run dependence. So it's they've got this motto, just just do what you can do. Do what you're supposed to do. Don't try to do more. And that's, as a lineup, what I would like to see from them right now. Cal is going to have the ups and downs. I think we saw a good mm-hmm. kind of view of what he can be. He's been a little cold out of the break. There are a lot of guys that have been a little bit cold out of the break. And so, you know, and they kind of, rather than try and swing their way out of it with, with the long ball, if they just start doing the little things and get going on handing that at bat off to the next guy, uh, I think they're going to be in better shape. What do you see out of Carlos Santana? He's kind of fizzled out a little bit. Um, you know, he's a, obviously a great dugout guy, close with Julio Rodriguez. Um, so what are you seeing out of his, his at-bats? Anything change? Anything different? He's sometimes missing his pitches, too. And he's going to be very different from a lot of guys in the lineup. He's not trying to work a walk, but he's going to definitely be more selective than most. And he can do that because he's done that for over 10 years. Right. You know, you see that with a younger player. It's like, swing the bat, you know, and it can get to be a little bit too much. I mean, sometimes you're watching a bat and you're like, oh, that was a great 10-pitch walk. Well, you know, maybe you missed you know, what could have been an easy kind of cookie down the middle of the plate and fouled it back. Maybe you swung at strike or at ball four three times in that at bat. He's not that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he knows if he, he's, I think he's missing his pitches. You know, you're not going to get them very often within an at bat, but he also has that ability to work the at bat to get to those. So I'm not too worried about him in that regard. But again, this team was going when he was going. He's been a little bit cold of late. I'm seeing a couple good questions come into the Mac and Jack's text line. Uh, at 45 after, we're going to kind of look ahead to the rest of the series a little bit, but there are so many questions on here. I want to make sure that while we have Shannon in, we answer for you guys. So keep sending those in. I'm going to save them for the 45, 145 segment. So that's coming up uh, in a little bit. 206-421-3776. We'll get to all of your questions later. And if you want to keep sending those, you have uh, another 25 minutes or so to do that. 206-421-3776. Um, question for either of you. We talked about some of the injuries, Julio and, and, and uh, Wink resting just a bit longer. Anything else stand out from Scott today? 
not so much from what he said, but what came to mind, you know, that Baraki is probably going yeah. to be out for a while. They lost their lefty in Baraki. How smart was that Matthew Boyd move yeah. now? And Boyd did throw to hitters yesterday. I don't think it was a sim game. I think it was more of a live BP and looked good. He's going to have to have the rehab outings. It was good as a starter, and now they will have the ability to use him out of the pen. And if they had not picked up him, they would not have had a lefty in the pen. Yeah. So that was uh, something that kind of stood out to me over the last 24 hours and when you're talking about injuries. Yeah, I loved what he said about Luis Castillo. He, he mm-hmm. talked about how the Yankees love high fastball and how Castillo stuff is going to dip on, is going to fade away. Um, so I think that's something I'm going to be looking at too. Like, all right, let's see. Because that's what I, I noticed the last time Luis Castillo went up against uh, the Yankees that everything is low and away. Like, he's yeah. not going to give you too much that you can hit. Um, so I just want to see if he can be consistent and do it again tonight. Hey. You know what was fun in your question, going back to this, which yeah. was a good question, Stace. Does you, this count? Does that, does that count? Do we put that on the board it counts um <laughs> you know when you are facing Luis Castillo so many times in a short period I was going to ask you this you, exact question when you're facing the same team I asked him that after the last start in New York and I asked it and sometimes you ask a question knowing what the answer is going to be but I wanted to hear the answer it, it's kind of a dumb question because with that caliber of pitcher yeah you know, I asked did you have to change things up at all He's like, well, but you basically, do no, I'm pretty good. And if I do everything <laughs> right, they have to adapt to me right. is kind of what he said. And that yeah. was the attitude, which I is like great. It, Got great stuff. I, I'm top of the you know rotation. He's not. I'm paraphrasing big time. Yeah, He's yeah. much more polite about it. But no, he wasn't concerned about game plan. His stuff, if it is on. Place. I don't think he should have been as polite. Bump and I were wondering <laughs> it earlier. Earlier in the show, Bump and I were wondering, like, do, what happened? I mean, you face a team for the third time in as many weeks or, or less than that. You know what I mean? And it's a good lineup. That's the thing. This isn't a lineup that this is a lineup that's going to know your stuff, study your stuff. But I like that attitude. Yeah. And he, he can he can afford to do that. Not right. everybody. I mean, Logan faced the same lineup. Right. And as to Tyone, a little tough. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot more back and forth there, and a lot more that needs to go into that. In most cases, as the kids say, Luis Castillo says, "I am him. <laughs> I am him. Don't worry, I'm gonna do my thing." <laughs> All right. The voice of the Mariners, Rick Riz, joins us next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Dugout every Tuesday at one with Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners. You are listening to The Dugout. I'm Stacey Ross here with Shannon Dreyer and Michael Bumpus joining us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Mariners play-by-play voice Rick Riz. Riz, how's it going? I'm fine, Stacey. How you doing? Hey, Michael. Hi, Shannon. <laughs> Hi, Rick. Oh, We're excited to have you on. Excited to Thanks talk about you. baseball today, even if we are talking uh, a little bit about a loss yesterday. Uh, Logan Gilbert, not the best day for him, but I'm feeling pretty good about Luis Castillo against the Yanks tonight. Riz, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great with uh, Luis Castillo on the mound. This is going to be his third start against the Yankees in his last four outings because uh, his second to last start was Cincinnati. He had a great outing against the Yankees in New York, and he helped win that ball game. He went seven innings, gave up one run and two hits against the Yankees. And then in his Mariner debut, as you know, he was outstanding uh, against the Yankees, uh, beat the Yankees in New York again. He almost went seven innings, six and two-thirds, gave up three runs, two run home run by Higashioka, you know, later on in the bottom of the seventh inning. So, Here's one of the best pitchers in the National League, and Jerry got him right at the trade deadline a few days before the trade deadline. It was a huge pickup to already, you know, go inside uh, one of the better starting rotations, you know, in in the American League, you know, with with Logan and with Robbie Reyes, Sayingo with Winter, Marco Gonzalez, Chris Flexen, 
Uh, I mean, my goodness. So I'm excited about tonight to see the same matchup we had in New York uh, about six days ago, Castillo against Cole. And I'm not worried at all about Logan Gilbert. He had gone 22 consecutive starts, five or more innings, one of only two pitchers in the major leagues to do that, along with Max Fried over the Atlanta Braves. He had a bump in the road, but a kid overall, my goodness. Guys, he's been outstanding all season long. So I'm, it's going to be a fun night tonight, and Mariners looking to even up the series. Rick, I think a lot of people uh, who are, I don't want to say casual baseball fans, but maybe not just uh, all keyed into the National League is probably a good way to go here, understand that Luis Castillo is really good. And you can look at the numbers and know, okay, yeah. he's really good. You've seen so many pitchers over so many years. When you look at him, what is it that just jumps out about what he does? Well, first of all, uh, Shannon, it's, it's the stuff. My goodness. He threw a pitch against the Yankees to a left-handed hitter, and it was a 98-mile-an-hour fastball that moved about a foot and a half down and away. I mean, it just went and just kind of disappeared. A fastball. Normally, those things come in sometimes straight as a string, which you really don't want. You want fastballs to kind of run and, and move a little bit. This one just jumped out of the strike zone for a swing and a miss, and I was just went, what? And then, so, he's got the four-seam fastball up top. He's got a two-seam fastball that he can go throw low. I said, how do you pitch there and judge? He goes, four-seamer up, two-seamer down. And what about the Gambia? What about the changeup? He's got a really good changeup and a really good slider, so he's got four excellent pitches that he can go after hitters. But he said, basically, you know, that's how he went after him. And, and it's going to change, you know, tonight. He'll maybe do something against judge tonight. But it's also... You know, his his uh, experience, his savvy on the mound, the way he sequences those pitches, he battles, he, he wants to go deep in the game. He wants to go nine innings at the start of the game, but he's a great competitor. And when you add that all up, he's one of the best pitchers in this league right now. Riz, obviously the uh, the rotation looks pretty good for the Mariners right now, but the bats have been cold. I think guys getting healthy might change some things. Do you see enough? when this team is healthy to kind of fend off with Baltimore and the guardians right now for that, a uh, wild card spot. Yeah, I think so. Uh, last night, you know, they did come up with four runs, you know, a home run later on in the ball game. Uh, Max, uh, Mitch Hanniger is going to add so much. I mean, the guy had three hits last night, drove him himself in with a home run at the bottom of the first inning, his first home run back. So the thing is, Michael, they, they've got to get Julio Rodriguez, uh, back in the lineup, and hopefully he'll be back tomorrow, if not tomorrow, the first game on the road trip in about three days from now. Because with him at the top of the order, it just lengthens the order. Now with Hanniger at the number three spot, it just lengthens you know, the entire batting order. And getting Dylan Moore back is going to help out a whole bunch too. So uh, Adam Frazier has gotten things turned around. Cal Raleigh's you know, been outstanding the last, uh, my goodness, with the last three months. So I, I think the Mariners are going to be fine this when they're going to score enough runs, but they sure need that kid back at the top of the order doing what he did in the first half of the season. When he's back, it's going to be just fine. Um, we had a really interesting conversation, like a philosophical conversation almost about the uh, versions of the Mariners we've seen this year, Riz. And I really, really liked it. It was from Brent Stecker, editor for SeattleSports.com. And he said, which version of the Mariners are you putting the most stock into? So here are your three choices. The version of the Mariners that uh, just completely dominated since June. The version of the Mariners that has struggled since the All-Star break. Or the version of the Mariners that has one of the easiest schedules in MLB over the rest of the season. 
Uh, one and three. <laughs> that makes sense. That checks out. Two and a half? <laughs> Two? Uh, Shannon always says, you know, we always have to pick somebody for her <laughs> or something on, or in the round table. Uh, I, I think their best version is the, is the team that we saw that was so consistent. Mm. Uh, you know, and the domination came in the four game, 14 game win streak. But what I was really impressed with was the 22 out of 25. Yeah. Because they just won series. They in a lot of games they didn't dominate people. They won a lot of games by one run, by by two runs. But they figured out how to win. The bullpen was outstanding. Paul Sewell just gets everybody out. Uh, Munoz has turned into one of the best relievers in baseball. Throws 102, but his best pitch is his slider. And then you add in the other guys. You know what they're doing. Diego Castillo is going to be coming back. Uh, what Shannon? I think uh, tomorrow, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other guys down to the bullpen. The version I want to see is the team that goes out there. They're happy inside the clubhouse. They take that joy onto the field with Julio back and everything. Is the is the ones that uh, the team that you know wins series after series after series. You don't have to be dominating because it's hard to dominate. The other teams are trying too. Even the bad teams, even the Oakland A's. You know they had their way with the Houston Astros. So I just want to see a team that continues just to win series after series after series. Make sure that Cleveland stays behind you, Baltimore stays behind you, the Chicago White Sox, and at the same time, gain ground on Tampa Bay and also the Toronto Blue Jays. That's the team that I'm looking for, the team that put us in this situation to to get to the playoffs for the first time in 21 years. Yeah, and to do that, they had very, very good pitching. The defense has been mm-hmm. pretty consistent throughout the year. And then you need just a little bit of offense. And a yeah. little bit more offense would be good, but yeah. a little bit of offense yeah, is a good true. place to start. Hey, Rick, getting off track a little bit here. This is a question that I ask players all the time in, in the interviews. I don't think I've ever asked you this before. What is your favorite part of your baseball day? You know, my favorite part of my, my baseball day is when I got all my notes done. I'm sitting here at my kitchen table. I got up at 6.30 this morning. I did a couple hours worth of notes. I'm all ready to go. I call it my foundation. I got Luis Castillo on one side, Garrett Cole on the other. I got the Mariners, what they're doing. I got the Yankees over here. Now I feel good. And I go to the ballpark and we get our notes. But the best part of my day, Shannon, is get my cup of coffee. And I go down to the dugout and I start talking to the guys. You know, uh, I pop in the clubhouse occasionally to find out what's going on. But I like to sit in the dugout or on the field and, and talk to Brennan Bernardino, you know, about his journey. Now he's back again because of what he did, Shannon, what you saw him do. And, and you guys, too, Stacy and Michael, you know, in Houston, being a tough situation and he handled it. You know, he pitched well. His journey, I mean, a few weeks ago, he's in Mexico. Then he, we sign him. He goes to Tacoma. Then he comes up to the big leagues at the age of 30. You know, his mom coming up and his dad driving up from Southern California to see him talk about Ty France and how he's doing and Dylan Moore and Julio Rodriguez and the coaching staff and their journeys and their lives and their baseball careers and also how things are going right now so we can relate to the fans. So the best part of my day is down in that dugout about you know, three o'clock to five o'clock at night visiting with the guys. And then, then the next best part of my day is when we, Shannon, when you and I get a chance to go, hi, everybody, welcome to Mariners baseball. That's the most fun part for me. But talking to the guys and creating that relationship so we can tell stories about these guys so the fans get to know them. We're the conduit between the players, you know, and the fans. 
And that's how you have to do it. You got to be down there in that warning track or down around the batting cage. There's Edgar Martinez and talk to Edgar about, you know, hitting. He's the guru comes to hitting or I see Albert Pujols who comes up to you and gives you a hug, you know, talk to the other broadcasters and get information. So that's the best part of my day, just being at the ballpark. And we are so blessed to be doing something that we truly love to do. And we get to go to a ballpark every day. So a lot of it's all wrapped up into one, but being down on the field and talking with the guys and yeah. actually doing the play-by-play is the best. Sounds like a pretty perfect day. And let me just say, Riz, the word coffee, the south side of Chicago, Rick, leapt out. He leapt out with the word coffee. Co- coffee. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, Rick, I forgot. Chicago, Rick. All right, Riz, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, Shannon, we'll catch up with you later, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Stacey. Thanks, Michael. See you soon, Shannon. Thanks, Riz. Uh, all right. Uh, Shannon is going to stick around for one more segment, you guys. And we I know, I know, Shannon, I sounded like I was kicking you off. I was <laughs> hurt. I meant I Shannon will talk to you, Rick, next <laughs> later. We will talk to Shannon. I was like, Shannon. I didn't answer those questions. <laughs> for Shannon. <laughs> we will talk to Shannon hey. next because we have a bunch of great Mariners questions for Shannon. You guys have been sending them in. I have um, a bit of room for some more questions. So if you guys want to send those in to the Mac and Jack's text line right now, 206 421 That's next. You're listening to The Dugout every Tuesday at 1 with Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners. All right. Final 10 minutes here of The Dugout. Every single Tuesday, 1 to 2, it is all Mariners. And I've been asking you guys, listeners, for questions, your burning Mariners questions. And I have several here for Shannon. Bump's going to sound off on these as well. 206-421-3776. Here we go. Uh, Hi, Shannon, from one listener. Going to the game tonight, can you give me one player at the plate and what to look for. So one player that you might be watching, Shannon, and kind of what you look at as a reporter, as someone who covers the team when you watch that one player. I'm really intrigued by what Mitch Haniger is doing again. You think back to a year ago when he'd been out for over a year and came back and looked like he had played yesterday, which is absolutely ridiculous in this game, and he is doing it again. And, uh, you know, if he is able to continue with that, and right now, Five of ten. Yeah. His first ten plate appearances struck out just twice. And he's a guy that's going to strike out. So those are going to come. Not missing his pitch. He's on it. He is on time. Uh, it, it's absolutely insane to see with the time amount of time that he has missed. So I'm going to be watching for him, and I'm going to be kind of watching to see if all of a sudden he's seeing a little bit less of the fastball. I think it's a little bit like yeah. you see with the young players where they're challenged a little bit right when they come back. But so far, so good with him. And if we continue to see what we have seen from him, not necessarily hitting 500, but not having the adjustment period that most humans have when they come back, that is going to help greatly in getting this thing going. Bump, why do I feel like your answer is Gino? It's not Gino. Okay. It's not Gino. But I will be looking at Hanniger now to um, to see how he's doing there. I'm looking at Swaggerty, man. I mean, this dude <laughs> is like in this lineup. You know, he was a replacement guy, you know, play every other day or whatnot. But what he's done over the past, say just this month, he's batting 400. He just finds ways to get on base. And I love to watch him run. You know, I'm a football guy. I love to watch the knees and the arm action. And it just looks pretty when he's running those bases. I want to see if he can keep this thing going. How about, oh, by the way, now I'm a center fielder. <laughs> Yeah. Really? Right. Seriously? Whatever you need. <laughs> Whatever you need. He's playing a nice center field out of absolutely nowhere. He's been absolutely fantastic. Oh, guys, I like this question from Fred and Birch Bay. Have you ever had a pinch me moment? I had the pleasure of a conversation with Dick Butkus, a generous and amazingly gentle human. Uh, how about a baseball pinch me moment? Either of you guys? 
baseball pinch me happened this year when I missed Santana's go ahead home run because I was getting dipping dots for my kids. I'm like, for real? I can't believe this is actually can't happening. can't believe this is happening. Shannon, you've interviewed a ton of people in and outside of this organization. There are so many. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard. I, I did get to talk to Buck O'Neill in my first year on the job and sit down with him behind home plate at, at Kauffman Stadium, and that was no something. Deal. No, I will <laughs> never forget that. And, and conversely, Tommy Davis with uh, the Dodgers, who wasn't too far behind Buck O'Neill, and they were both uh, just incredible Incredible storytellers. On, on kind of a funny note, Jerry Coleman was Hall of Fame broadcaster with the San Diego Padres, just uh, knee house level and above, just absolutely fantastic. Um, flew with Ted Williams in, in when Ted Williams was wow. in the Air Force, and just incredible history and had the voice and had the presence and everything else. And that was one of the ones where I don't usually get nervous around people, but I got a little bit nervous. I was in, in an elevator, and he steps into the elevator, and I'm like, wow, that's Jerry Coleman. <laughs> And he and I'm like, okay, so I'm just trying to, you know, look professional and standing there. And it's at the end of the game. And he looks down at me and he goes, well, you look like a woman who drinks. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, where's this going? <laughs> and he said, I gave up drinking 30 years ago, but if this Padres team keeps going the way it is, I'm going to have to start again. <laughs> this wasn't a, now I don't have a baseball pinch me moment, but I did get in the, uh, the then CenturyLink press box uh, elevator and Al Michaels uh, walked mm. on. They were calling the game. It was a primetime game and uh, just riding the elevator. And I was like, just be cool, man. Be cool. Just very chill. Michelle Tafoya. I yeah. saw her. I told her I loved She's her. Awesome. I love you. That's all I can say. I love you. She's like, oh, you're so sweet. I'm like, that's it. Back to baseball. <laughs> Tell me what you guys think about this question from a listener. Jesse Winker is great at seeing pitches, but is he too patient sometimes? I don't think so especially where he is and kind of still trying to find it right now. And again, I don't think that he is too often. You see it sometimes letting the good ones go by, but I don't, I don't think it's too often. I think he's, he knows what he's doing there. I'd rather see him on base. If that, if that means he's walking, then yeah, that's he's a good walking. Point. You know what? If he's still getting there, then he's getting there. Um, let's see. Uh, I desperately want to know what the heck is up with Evan White. Is he still in the future plans anymore? Evan White, we've seen him quite a bit at the field working out, but really have not been able to get any kind of answer as to what the setback was or, or what is going on. He's taking early batting practice with the guys. He was in the sim game the other day. Um, you know, he, he's in good spirits. I know that, but uh, we it's, it's up to the player what they release, and we just don't know a lot about him right now. Uh, question, Shannon. When is your, and Bump, I'll uh, send this one to you as well, just because it's a good question. What is your all-time favorite Mariners memory? Oh, just one, I just one, only know. one. <laughs> you know, you could choose two as like one could be like as a reporter, this was a cool moment. And one could be like watching a game. I couldn't believe this happened. OK, I mean, I'll say something now and I'm sure it would be something different. It might not, but it's definitely a top five because I, I just don't think in those terms very much. It's, yeah. Everybody goes to the Felix no hitter. I go to a game that came before that and it was and I don't know what year it was. It was relatively early, but it was his uh, it was in Boston. It was that year where we got snowed out four games in a row in Cleveland, then went to Boston and got sleeted out of the first game. So they missed five games at that point. And um, it was the debut, I want to say, of Daisuke Matsuzaka, I believe, in in Boston. And Felix came in and owned them and fired a one-hitter. And the game was being broadcast back to Venezuela. And he was Aww. incredibly emotional that night and it was i think every bit as good as we saw him in the perfect game 
And so that, to me, is one that just comes to mind right away. God, imagine having those two in such short short, uh, succession, too, uh, those two games. Bump, what about you? Pick any highlight of Ken Griffey robbing somebody in center field. Like yeah. That made me want to be a center fielder watching Griffey just cover so much ground and make big plays. Uh, I would throw in um, uh, I'd never experienced in-person playoff baseball. We didn't get that last year here at T-Mobile, obviously, we but we didn't. Oh. But uh, that game uh, with uh, Dave Sims call, hey now, hey now, or uh, Mitch Haniger just going off, mm. basically putting the team on his back and saying, guys, don't worry, I'll be the offense tonight. I was in person for that game, and we had a couple people from work, and I believe, if I remember correctly, because it was kind of gross out, it was the roof was closed, and it just made the lights feel more like a... It, just it was like a nighttime primetime baseball feeling it was mm-hmm. just very cool it was very very awesome That's a great one uh let's see guys how do we feel a mariner's clubhouse cat would do <laughs> last question and then we'll wrap it up curtis is like let's go let's let's keep cats are too independent i don't know they don't need like I dogs need affection out. right they're good for the clubhouse i don't know about cats. i think we should try out all kinds of clubhouse animals that's just my take i don't know that the cat would stick around i mean cat's gone i think <laughs> <laughs> i like i like bump saying i think the cat would just go into center field in the middle of the game just like i'm chilling here the cat end up in lumen somehow doesn't respect any rules no rules <laughs> most important question is what would tucker think of that yeah i don't think tucker we'll would be too happy today. about that we will yeah shannon if you could uh, on get it. on top of that story thank you so much uh all right you guys that will do it for the dugout every single tuesday for one to two thank you to reek riz and thank you to scott sir for joining us as always thank you to shannon dreyer sticking around the entire hour don't go anywhere wyman and bob coming your way next